Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the Root and Womb Collective Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a holistic womb healer, feminine embodiment guide, and the visionary behind Root and Womb Collective. I'm here to help you heal your womb, reconnect to your body, ignite your feminine spirit, and return to the wisdom of the earth. This podcast is a sacred space to explore the many dimensions and spiralic journey of feminine healing. I'm honored that you are here. Thank you for elevating and amplifying the sacred feminine heartbeat. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the podcast, lovely. I am so honored to have you here listening in on a really special interview between myself and Naomi Love, who has been my beloved mentor for the past year and a half. And Naomi Love is a medicine woman with 30 years of experience working one-on-one with tens of thousands of clients and students worldwide. She is the visionary behind the Y Zoom way, which is a holistic approach to the art of living life in right relationship. Naomi is also the weaver of Wise Womb Medicine, the first ever womb-centered holistic system of healing for mind, body, and spirit. And this system of medicine supports all genders throughout all stages of life. Naomi is so wise and full of embodied wisdom, and I'm really excited for you to tune into this enriching, deep, beautiful conversation between her and I. And before we jump into the episode, I would love to share more about what we have going on here at Root and Womb Collective because there is an offering out right now that is so near and dear to my heart that I am so honored and excited to be facilitating here in the near future. So if you are listening to this episode around the time of its release or shortly thereafter, the medicine of menstruation, our first offering within Root and Womb Collective, begins on Thursday, April 14th and runs through Saturday, April 16th. And the medicine of menstruation is a three-part series on the magic, wisdom, and medicine of the menstrual portal. And we are going to be diving into the fabric and dimensions of menstruation, what's happening physically, hormonally, emotionally, energetically, while you are bleeding. We'll be diving into womb nourishment and herbal allies, sacred rituals, and how to really begin to observe the patterns that your body shares with you while she's bleeding. And then our last exploration is centered upon menstruation as a feminine spiritual practice which I am so beyond excited to facilitate and guide you through. I am actually bleeding as I'm recording this intro and just really beginning to feel really deeply into how essential this work is for women to reclaim and remember the holiness and the sacredness of menstruation There is so much beauty that we are able to receive when we listen and slow down and fully allow our bodies to detoxify and process all of the emotions and energy from the previous cycle. So I'm really 
yeah, really excited for this beautiful offering that's to come. And if you are feeling the call to join us, all of the information will be in the show notes below. And without any further ado, I would love to jump into our episode with the beautiful Naomi Love. Hello, Naomi. Hello, hello. I am so grateful to be with you this evening. Naomi Love is one of my dearest mentors. I'm so grateful to be sharing space with you right now and in this interview. And Naomi, what I really have just always cherished about you is your commitment to integrity and your ability to just be in right relationship with your work, with your clients. I remember the first time that I came across your work. I was just like laying on my bed one random afternoon in 2020. And I came across, across your page and I was just like, this is my mentor. This is who I am going to learn from and just really sink everything that I have like into your knowledge and into your body of work because it was so enriching to me. So I'm just so excited to have you here and yeah, just really have everyone witness and receive your medicine. Oh my God. I love hearing the story. I love picturing you in bed being like this. It's important to listen to that. That was resonance, baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, it absolutely was. It was, it was really this full body knowing that wise womb way and wise womb medicine was just in full resonance with my soul. And it was the path that I was going to walk down. And I believe it was maybe four or five months later, I joined the womb temple, which we can talk about as well. But I would really just love to start our conversation today with having you share a little bit about your journey as a healer and as a womb priestess and what has really gotten you to the place where you are today as a healer, a facilitator, and really this creatress of this beautiful body of work. My God, thank you. I'm going to try not to be too long-winded. That's my nickname. Long-winded <laughs> Naomi. Uh, so how it's, it all began <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> so I was writing the creation story as I was telling you before we started recording and of the school and sharing kind of a little bit of the journey. And as I was reading, I was just reading it to my Hanai uncle as I was sharing with you. And I was like, wow, this is like, it, it's been, it's been a really powerful experience because it is my uh, worldview that we all experience what we need to experience in order to grow and become who we're meant to become. And I think that the shitty childhood and the traumatic experiences and the difficulties and the pain and the suffering that I walked through as, as I was being born onto this planet and had continued to experience for so long is what led me to the path because it was the plants that I found solace in when I couldn't find that with my parents or with the people who were taking care of me. 
or supposedly <laughs> taking care of me. And so I would go to nature and I'd hang out with the blackberries and I'd hang out with the pine trees and I would climb the pine trees to hide from them and feel safe with the fairies and the fae ones and the honeysuckle and the rose, the rose bush. And there were so many, you know, my childhood was a, a lot of things and a, a lot of trauma. And when I look back, I can't remember a lot of it, but the things that I do remember are being with the plants and communing with nature. And remember as a child making rose water and you know bathing myself with it and making little peppermint pills. And you know, I never played house. I played like witchy herbalist lady. <laughs> and so that kept that led me to the path. And it feels in a way that I wasn't really led. It was already destined. And I could have made other choices, but I didn't. And my life kept creating circumstances to where in a way I couldn't make a different choice. I had to keep following that. And although my parents were super fucked up, they were also hippies, so that's cool. So I had the like hippie parent influence. They did LSD and you know all of the things and traveled with the bands and you know super duper hippie flower children. And so I had access to some of those books around the house uh, once I was with my father. Um, and then I had a Hanai uncle, which in, uh, we use as like adopted uncle who came in and he would take me to this amazing bookstore in Denver and just let me pick out whatever books I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I would buy all, it was like always a spell book, <laughs> some sort of ritual thing. Uh, a massage book, which they showed Yoni hair, which I was like nine. And I was like, what's up with the bush and the pictures? You know, like it was like, whoa, so 80s. Um, and herbal books. And that was just like what I found myself doing. And then I went more towards artistry. So I became an artist. And that was how I found my solace as a teenager. And, um, and then I just kept being guided to plant medicine and the journey continued. And the fascinating thing, when I look back now in my forties at my journey, I would say a lot of people could probably resonate with this, that when you're studying a lot of things, people are like, what do you have either ADHD or do you have something to prove? Like, do you feel like you're not worthy? Do you feel like you're not enough? And that's why you keep going and studying different things. And that could have been true. I don't know. I didn't graduate high school. I didn't really go to normal school. So maybe that was a thing that was impacting me and my choices. But what I see now looking back is that every single thing that I studied, which a lot of it isn't related, like herbalism and um, Tibetan Buddhism are not necessarily related or, um, but they are right? Everything is related. Everything inside of the healing arts is related. So I just kept wanting to go and learn and search for the pieces that were missing every time I would learn a body of work and take it in and embody that in appreciation. I'd be like, okay, well, I studied Tantra, but it's missing this. And I studied with a shamanic medicine woman for since I was 19 until like five years ago. So it was a long apprenticeship and it was missing this. And then I studied this and now I was missing that. And so I kept going in to fill all those pieces. And that is literally what 
it, wise womb medicine is. And then the wise womb way came from honestly studying with people and who were traumatizing, <laughs> who weren't trauma informed and seeing how many people are consistently perpetuating uh, that way of relating and that way of healing and those kind of dynamics that I was like, I don't want, that's not how I want to do things. I'm going to do it differently. So then that's how that was born. Mm-hmm. That was the shortest way I could have said it, I swear. <laughs> that was beautiful and perfect. And I really think that that is the reason that I felt so drawn to Wise Medicine and your body of work. We're both Geminis, we're both manifestors in human design. And so I, similar to you, am always curious about these different forms of medicine and holistic healing and really how can we use an integrative approach to really support the entire human being? Because as you shared, you found the benefits and yeah, all the beauty in some systems of medicine, but we all have our shortcomings as well. And so when you have all of your eggs in one basket, you're not really able to offer a holistic system of medicine to the person that you're working with. And so, yeah. And and so within my work of like being within womb and cycle and feminine healing, it didn't feel right to just have like three tools. I was like, no, I want as many systems of medicine and philosophies and understandings and tools that I can get my hands on because every, every human being is so unique and different and what is going to serve and support them. Exactly. Uh, every human being is unique and there are different ways and access points for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't access me through potentially, I'm like, I don't know, but you probably could because I'm super easygoing. <laughs> Tell all your friends, super easy. Um, <laughs> so like maybe you might not be able to access my like magical transmission by talking about Donald Trump, although I do have a really good like way to look at that as well. But maybe that's not going to be the access point to get to help me get to the root of something. And so I feel like a lot of the ways that I learned and the old world and the old paradigm of healing is to teach you like dandelion is good for this. It's a a diuretic and it's good for the liver and it's an alternative and it might be good for this and that. And so, okay, sure. But then there's this other piece that after seeing thousands and thousands of clients and journeying through each of those lineages in a way, each of those teachings, each of those modalities, like herbalism is a huge umbrella. And inside of herbalism, I spent many, many years in playing inside of that playground. And so it holds a certain transmission and being with the Dalai Lama holds a certain transmission. But as you're saying, like some of that, honestly, being inside of so many different modalities and so many different lineages has given me a capacity to be very, um, what's this word, like resilient, but like malleable. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I have an open mind center. Uh, I'm very open to the experience. And so going into Buddhism, like I'm going into that experience of what they're sharing and I'm embodying that. And then the teachings and transmissions that really feel true 
are what is carried forward. So when we're looking at dandelion and we're looking at herbal medicine and how we apply it with actual clients, sure, I could give you dandelion, but am I looking at your constitution? Am I looking at who you are? Am I looking at the life that you've lived? Am I looking at the life that you lived where maybe a lot of it was coping? So who you are now may be different than who you were at one point. And does that plant actually have the resonance that you need right now? And so when I looked at herbalism and, and all of the things that I had studied, it was very black and white. Yeah, and I yeah. don't work in black and white. Doesn't, and I don't see life working that way. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? Every, everything is going to interact with our bodies in its own unique way. And so having that ability to be flexible and that ability to, yeah, have that open mind around the tools and the support that you're giving is, I feel like is so essential because ultimately like our greatest desire is to support and to guide and to facilitate. And so we have to be in right relationship to the tools and not just expect them to, they work like this and they don't work like that. That's not how it works. Like everything is really gray in, in this world. And gray, but with rainbows. Yes, <laughs> of course. Rainbows always. <laughs> There's two things that you shared earlier that I want to circle back to the wise womb way and power dynamics. Let's start with Wise Womb Way because I would love for you to just share just as, you know, in a quick little synopsis what the Wise Womb Way is because this really is the foundation and informs really all of the work that you offer, Naomi. It's really true. I feel so for our beautiful listeners, you know, as there's a limitation when you're sharing words or writing. Mm -hmm that you can't ever get to all aspects of something through words. So the wise woman way is a transmission. Mm. And inside of that transmission, it holds many teachings, which we've, we dive into in the resonance and in, in, in the womb temple and in everything that we do. But the key part that I wanna to speak to here that is very important is the wise woman way is about understanding how this plane of existence works and how you are a um, integral part in, in the perception of your reality and how you interpret your experiences and how you digest the traumas and everything, you, you digest what you see is yours. And so that talks about, per, that's personal responsibility. And so, if you told me that when I was younger, I would have told you to fuck off. I mean, I would have had no idea what you were getting to. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's not my perception of reality. This is like the facts of what's happening. Mm. And yes, there is like, a, there might be, there may be perhaps a reality. And inside of that reality, you're responsible for how you experience and digest and internalize and process that reality. And like, there's certain things that we don't think about. Like we don't think about the digestion of our broccoli and we're not thinking about making sure the nutrients go where they need to go. But our psychology does need our presence there. Mm -hmm. It's not automated or it, well, 
it is very automated, but it's automated through social programming yeah. and through our societal, patriarchal indoctrinations, et cetera, et cetera. And then another aspect that's very important in the wise woman way is it's about how we approach our life and how we approach our lived experience, our relations, and as practitioners, how we approach being a space holder, how we approach facilitating and supporting and guiding somebody through their healing journey. Because what we're being sold, the Vogue version of it on Instagram is not actually holding the transmission and essence that is needed to actually transform the collective consciousness towards one of unity. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That just really sank into my heart so deeply. And yeah, Wise Womb Way for me is just this really beautiful way of orienting to life. And like you shared, really being in right relationship to my experience, to my emotions, to my energy, to my own healing, to taking full ownership for me. And I think for a lot of people, that's really challenging. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about always, always living wise womb way in the best yeah. way possible. You know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's to, you it's know, we're human. The priestess, the perfect. Well, that's the beautiful thing about the wise womb way is that it's understanding that we're all fucked up and amazing because right. that's part of the understanding of this plane of existence. And if we don't have a reality check mm -hmm. of the way that, cause you know, I've had, a billion clients who will say something like, well, you know, I'm supposed to be happy. Mm. Well, who fucking told you that? And what is happiness? And have you ever seen anything on this plane of existence that's always? Because the one constant thing here is change. And so it's helping us understand this place that we're in and holding the microcosmic and the macrocosmic worldview so that we can hold the both we can hold and that way we understand when we're in that fucked up state like ooh, i'm in my crappy whatever minimal my ego my small self i'm in this small state we understand that when we're inside of that state that has all those stories that we know that and we trust that oh i know that i'm not connected right now i know that this too shall pass I know that this too needs to happen because we need the ego. We need these different stages of our growth. We need to be like, you know, no, when we're two and mine, like we need these different aspects to come in. And the more awareness that we have and we can hold the knowing, we can surrender into the knowing that we're also held by something bigger when we're in our smaller experience. I feel like for me, that gives a lot of safety knowing that that wasn't something that I had as a child and a lot in the life that I experienced. And when you can build, the more you build that relationship, the more able you are to trust your intuition, to listen to your own inner guidance, to surrender to. And then I wanted to speak to something you had said about the plants, like for example, with dandelion and how we work with plants through the wise way, it's the art of listening. 
Mm. It's part of listening to who is coming to you and hearing the vibration of their story, hearing, watching how they're holding their body, seeing what's present for them and listening to see what plant wants to come in to support that journey where the old world way is often like, well, okay, you're showing these symptoms and this is what I'm going to, and this here's your prescription, which is great too. That has a place also. And inside of that state of the art of listening is where more of the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the most beautiful gifts of the feminine is being able to lean back and be more in that receptive state where we can surrender and we can listen. And something you just shared about like trusting our intuition and listening to our soul and being in truth around our path. Like those are a lot of things that are buzzwords, right? Within just culture. And I think it's so beautiful that things like these, these topics are just, they're increasing within our collective consciousness and to just say like, go and trust your intuition to someone that has no ability to be with their emotions, to understand the impact of their resonance, to practice the art of listening and the art of forgiveness and inner alchemy and all of these practices, they are in that right place to be able to listen to their intuition or hear their, the voice of their soul. And so I really see wise womb way and just this beautiful path that you've created as like human being 101 <laughs> for lack of better words. I wish I had a more eloquent way of saying that. I really wish that we could all do the resonance work because it is that. Yeah, it, it is. is. It really is. If I, as a, you know, people might ex- expect especially in current times, whatever year we are in, 2022, that, you know, there isn't an identify, identification with struggle as much nowadays. It's more like the identification with like, I'm fucking sexy and you want to be sexy too. And I'm a queen and you want to be a queen too. And that's amazing. You get it. And In my generation, there was more identification with the struggle because it was harder. And the generation before it was harder, you know, like there was the struggle. And in my experience of struggle and my experience of trauma, I was literally taught to override myself. There was, I was constantly invalidated in my intuition as a child. There was no consent culture when I was a kid. You were forced to do whatever your parents expected or the weird people who were taking care of me expected me to do. So how am I supposed to listen to my intuition when I've been overriding it my whole life and literally everyone I had experienced in my life had also been overriding it and telling me how I was or who I was, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're telling people to like access your intuition, it sounds awesome, but like also, if we don't know how to go in and garden those places, then we might think that a yes, what if a yes is a false yes? Mm -hmm. What if your no is a false no? What if your no is resistance? What if your no is just a maybe? And then we find ourselves just lost inside of this, or we find ourselves so attached to what we think and feel is our intuition. 
Mm-hmm. And so some of that language in the current culture is like, oh, my intuition guided me to like not, I have to use a, a funny voice because it's hilarious. And as an elder, <laughs> um, my intuition like guided me to that. And I'm like, oh my God, let's not put so much on that. Can we just say I chose to do that? I chose to do this. I'm choosing not to do that because the more that we are unclean in the way that we communicate as well, like in that language, we're minimizing the resonance of what that word means. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Language is everything so essential and just the way that we relate to our lives and we relate to our relationships And I would love to circle back around to the power dynamics. This was something that we explored within our Wise Woman mentorship probably about a month ago or so. And since then, this conversation has just been marinating within me. I feel like I continuously just feel deeper and deeper about it. And there's more insights and more realizations about the power dynamics within the spiritual space, within the healing space, within the online coaching space, within mainstream medicine, right? Within really any sort of dynamic where there is someone who is supporting, guiding, facilitating, healing, prescribing, whatever it is. And then there is the uh, client on the other end. And this is another beautiful reason why I've always felt so connected to you and your work and something that I strive to really embody and be in integrity with within my work, which is placing full sovereignty and power back into the hands of the individual and not being in this place of, I know what's best for you. I am the healer, leader, master, whatever it is, listen to every single thing that I say because that ultimately breeds generations upon generations of people who aren't connected to their intuition, who aren't connected to their ability to make choices for themselves and decipher what is right versus what is wrong for me. And I feel like as as a healer, as healers, it's really our responsibility to put that power back into the hands of the people that we are serving and working with. And you've been in this space for a while now, as you shared, you are an elder now. And well, I'd say you're, you're like wise or wild woman slash elder. Like you have elder vibes, but (laughs) you're in that like precipice. Anyways, I would love for you to just share how people can really begin to decipher like those power dynamics and how to support themselves in understanding like when they might be in a power dynamic with a healer, coach, mentor, et cetera, that isn't supportive for them. This is an amazing conversation. And I want to invite everyone listening to just take a deep breath for a moment and just let whatever transmission has come through already that's meant for you, that's meant to support your remembrance to just kind of settle in. The idea of sovereignty, so this conversation is two-sided. Imagine that we're in this plane of duality. So there is a place where our role is to give the power back to the person. 
And there's also a responsibility of the person to sift through their stuff and to be able to um, be supported in a way to be guided into and through their shit so that they can actually see what their yes is. If they don't have that skill and you go to somebody and they keep trying to hand you back your sovereignty, Mm. you don't necessarily know how to navigate that inner terrain. You don't know how to navigate your inner garden. You don't know how to connect to your womb. You don't know, or you're going to fake it and it'll be all surface, which, you know, could serve some purpose at some point down the road. But there's twofold. The practitioner not only has to hand it back to them, but they have to teach them how to be inside of that, how to navigate those inner realms. Because if they don't, they're going to often stay in that dynamic of giving their power away. And you're going to be in the dynamic of taking it or trying to give it back. Mm -hmm. And that's not that fun, right? Like if we're hanging out and you're like, I'm going to give you my power. And I'm like, no, here you go. And you're like, no, here, no, here, no, here. Like I'm bored. already. (laughs) Like, okay, boring. Like this is going to go on for a really long time. So let's just cut through the bullshit and let's just like get there. So what is it that you, that the client, the, the person, the student, the, whatever they are, what is it that they need? What is it that you're seeing inside of them that they need support in to access their intuition? And that's why we start with the resonance ritual with everything, because if somebody doesn't know how to access that, I can't do a session with you. It's going to be boring for me because you're not going to know how to receive it. And then you're not going to know how to integrate it. And all of that you don't know how is going to be projected on me. And I don't want it. I'm good. I have my own things to deal with, right? And then there's also this, the other side of that, of like so many right now, especially because these things are getting really popular. When things get popular, oftentimes they lose their essence. They, use, they lose the yin. The yin is the feminine. And oftentimes they're just an empty Tupperware. It looks cute, but it doesn't have anything inside of it. And so we want to make sure that we're really sharing a transmission. We're holding the essence, right? And so when we're looking at the power dynamics of like, you know, Instagram is a great conversation to have around the healing because this is like now the healing world vogue, right? Like I'm not interested in being wise womb vogue. I mean, if they want to do it, you could be the model, whatever, like get it. As long as like the point of the essence is getting out there. But if the point is getting missed, I don't want anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so there's this thing that happens where we are, um, as practitioners, as coaches, as healers, we're creating um, the imbalance. We're perpetuating the patriarchy through the ways that we're selling, the ways that we're marketing, the ways that we're sharing our content and information. I'm a priestess. I'm a priestess of Egypt. I'm a queen. I hold the codes. I have this and you have to study with me in order for you to access these codes inside of yourself. So here's a fact. Anytime you're putting someone on a pedestal, 
I was trying to think of an actor that you put on a pedestal. For some reason, I thought of like 80s people, like John Bon Jovi or like Metallica or Pink Floyd or the Grateful Dead, right? You're like, oh my God, the Grateful Dead. They're fucking human. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're putting somebody on a pedestal, you are literally just minimizing yourself. When you put yourself on a pedestal, I'm the queen, I have the codes, I'm the teacher, I'm the thing, I'm the healer, I'm the sex coach, I'm the whatever, blah, all the things, hashtag all the things. You are literally putting yourself on a pedestal, which means everyone else is being minimized. Mm. You're putting yourself above everyone else. And my loves, that means that that dynamic, that whole power play right there I have all the answers. You need to come and learn from me. I have the only special thing for you to access that thing. I love that we're using random thing language. So, but when we're doing that, we're literally, literally perpetuating the patriarchy. That is the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And we got to stop talking about dismantling it while we're perpetuating it, because that makes you a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Which is also cool. Like that's part of the journey too. Right. But what we're trying to do here is to say, I don't want to do that. Hi. I don't want to do that. So I'm like, who called? They need this transmission. <laughs> of course, my partner who knows I'm on an interview. <laughs> uh, of course. Of course. So there's this place where there's, it's a ta-ta-ta. There's this fine line that we must walk as coaches and healers and practitioners and queens and priestesses and all the names that you want to come up with for your Instagram profile. There's all these names. There's all these, but what matters is how you hold the space, how you interact and relate, the way that you're sharing your medicine. And the most important is that you are supporting the person in literally helping them to find what is a yes, what is true? What is my yes? What is my no? What is my intuition? What is my ego? And from there, once they are able to differentiate that, then we can keep handing the power back. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you. That was so well said. Okay, I really good. I was like, did I say it correctly? Did, let me check in. <laughs> no, you really, you really did. And I think that this is such a relevant conversation because I think that in this day of age, many of us find the people that support us through Instagram. And it's really important to be in right relationship with who are you calling to have on your support team, right? Mm -hmm. And if there is any part of you that feels less than, than the person that you're desiring to work with, then that's not a good sign. And, and maybe you're feeling less than because of your own comparison, judgment, jealousy, et cetera. That's, that's your own healing to work on. However, there are definitely those patriarchal um, blueprints that are being replicated within this industry of people claiming to really know all be all. And it's just not, it's not right. It doesn't feel good. And I think so many of us get into this space to really be of service 
and being of true service is leading from the heart and supporting people and rising into their power and their ability to decipher their own inner voice and inner wisdom. So thank you for sharing all that. It definitely, I feel like that landed for a lot of people. And I want to bullet point after that. There's one more piece is that uh, to put it into action for those of you who are curious if somebody is a match for you or not, right? Are they a match for me? Do I feel like they have something that I don't have that I want to have? And I feel like they're the only pathway to having it. Mm -hmm. And does that feeling bring you joy or make you feel sick to your stomach? Right? Like there ought to be a little spark of like, Ooh, that's cool. Like I want to go, I want to like explore that. I don't have, I don't, I'm not feeling resonant with it. Inside. Like I don't have those codes <laughs> we could say as a joke. Um, I don't have that transmission. That feels like a yes. You want the person that you're reaching towards. And I really wish somebody had taught me this, but I had to walk my own journey to get to this teaching. And that is you want the person that you're resonating with to make you feel joy. You feel joy inside of their posts, inside of their sharing. You feel their authenticity. You don't feel not enough. Because that is, we could equate that to a potentially abusive dynamic with a lover, right? You don't want to choose the person that makes you feel when you're around them like you're not enough, that you're inadequate, that you're not worthy, right? Mm -hmm. So some of that is, yes, our own stuff that we need to process through. And there is that feeling, there's a pull of like, ooh, they're speaking this language, I don't know. Like, I wanna know those codes or that, what the fuck are they talking about? And maybe if I study with them, I could learn that language too, or whatever it is. But when you're looking for a teacher, ask the part of yourself that's seeking that teacher, that's seeking that coach, that's seeking that practitioner, is this person in full resonance to support me in stepping fully in to my healing journey, in grace, in ease? Is this person in resonance? Is this bring me joy? Do I feel lit up? Do I feel excited? Like even just a little spark that can be helpful on your process to finding the right person. Thank you for adding that in. I think that that's really essential is that there should be that energy of excitement and joy and pleasure and love that's pulsing through you. And it shouldn't be coming from a place of urgency or scarcity or I have to do this or I'm not going to get X, Y, and Z. It should really feel it should feel good. And I love how you compared it to being in relationship to a partner, right? It's like, we want to be in relationship to people who lift us up and really elevate us into our highest self. So thank you for adding that. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes. I, so I'd love to just transition our conversation just a little bit. We've gone so many, like we've gone down so many little beautiful rabbit holes. Um, but that's what's just really expected for two Geminis, I feel like. <laughs> um, but I'd love to transition our conversation into the wisdom of the womb and healing of the womb. I 
am studying under you and plan on studying under you within the certification as well. And that's really centered upon this holistic womb healing approach. And I'd really just love for you to share why you feel like womb healing is so essential right now at this time on earth. Uh, Beautiful. That's a great question. Thank you for asking it in that way. So what I've received from the channels of the Wise Womb Oracle and the Wisdom Council is that these are the, this is the language that I'll, I'll use around it as that we have this collective womb pain body and the womb is the totem sort of the mascot for life. Right. And so the womb represents then everything that is life. Mm-hmm. So it's not just reproduction. It's not just for women. It's not just for womb carriers. It represents creation. And we are here incarnated in this creation, in this creative wild plane of existence here on earth. And so inside of the womb, we have the womb pain body. This is the generational pains that womb carriers have experienced for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it's not just human, animals also hold wombs and birth. And so there's this, not only our own personal, my stuff and the traumas I've endured, the unconsensual sex, the undigested experiences of life, the disconnection from my own body or from the earth. These are all aspects of womb healing and some of the things that call us to the womb. Symptoms with our cycle, infertility, and we can look at them in the microcosmic level. This is us in my experience. And then we can step back. And what was my mother's experience? And what was her mother's experience? And what was her mother's experience? And her mother's experience. And that, and it keeps going. And then, then we have, so that's our own. And then we have the collective. Everyone that has been here before us. And I can start to see it now generationally. I'm at the age for the first time that I can see generational differences. When I was younger, I'm like, what do they mean? You know, like, it's just, you don't have context for shit. And apparently I don't understand stuff until I have context for it. I wish I would have known that in school, (laughs) but it helped me learn stuff like grammar, right? You're like, why do I need to know this math? It's boring. So once we, once now that I can see that we have this generational differences, I can see in my lifetime where my grandmother's generation was, where my mother's generation was, where my generation is, where the, the generation, are you all millennial generation? And then the new one, I don't know their names, but right, I can see how the work that my grandmother's generation did helped or didn't help the next generation and so forth and so on. And I've been inside of the womb healing for a long time. And inside of that, I can see that the things that we did and the work that I've been doing and the work that my teachers have done 
have helped womb healing to become like a hashtag now, right? They, that was not all of a sudden, that is literally because we, there were people that were out there doing their due diligence. They were doing their work. They were helping others doing theirs. They were um, macheteing through the jungles of crap to jungles of patriarchy, of indoctrination, of traumas, of, of generational woundings to create access points for people to find these pathways to healing. Mm. So womb healing is so important right now because right now we're actually seeing a huge influx of false divine feminine healing under the guise of the patriarchy in the same thread approached in the same way and it's missing the essence. It's missing something and you know, it's all as it should be. It is as it should be. And I see that because I see that through that, well, it'll help us go collectively deeper in the next generation. But the more that you're doing your womb healing now, the more that you're going inside and building a relationship with your essential self, your womb as your inner oracle, the more that you're attuning to listening to your body, the more that you're able to relate to yourself from a place of love rather than judgment or hate, the more that you're able to come from, it's not love yourself, that's a bunch of hogwash. Rather, it's about, do you know how to relate to yourself from a place of love? You shit your pants, are you going to beat yourself up about it or be like, damn, baby, why did I shit my pants today? Right? Like, what's going on? Apparently, my digestion needs some support. <laughs> I love making you laugh. Comedy special with Naomi Love as well. <laughs> so, right? Like, we don't need to shame ourselves for fucking up. Like, it's not about always loving yourself, but it's about how you approach yourself. And yeah, we fuck up. Yeah, you make a mistake. Yes, you are an asshole. Yes, you just perpetuated the patriarchy. Yes, you just inserted agenda over somebody else. And oh my God, I'm so sorry. The goal here is not to become some perfect being, but the goal is to rather be able to meet yourself inside of love. And to be able to meet all of those places of dissonance and pain and just, yeah, incongruency, all of those places with love and to be able to then transmute it, alchemize it so that you become the person that you desire to truly be. Mm -hmm. And so womb healing right now is more crucial on our planet than ever before, especially because there's so much of the illusion of it happening. Mm. Yes. Did that come out correctly? That was, that was, did that, did that get out? It did. It really did. And what you've really supported me in understanding Naomi is how womb healing is life healing and how the womb touches every single element of our life. And when we feel disconnected from ourselves, when we feel disconnected from our life and our spirit and our body, really the path is to connect back to the womb because the womb touches it all. And yeah, we just live in this world of chronic disconnection and 
I don't believe that that's what our landscape would look like if we had greater tools as young children to really begin to connect with this source of life and creation that exists within our bodies. So for someone who's like maybe a little bit newer to this path, what would you say are just like a couple of ways that they can begin to connect to their womb and begin their womb healing journey? The first thing I would say, my love, is to slow down. So we have this tendency when we desire something, the desire is almost like a forward momentum. And inside of that forward momentum, that takes us out of the present moment. And so we can just lean back, take a deep breath into your belly, into your pelvic bowl, exhale. And then just bring curiosity to what you notice inside of yourself. What do you notice? What is your relationship to your cycle? What is your relationship to women? What is your relationship to sisterhood? What is your relationship to the earth? What is your relationship to sexuality? What is your relationship to pleasure? How do you feel when you wipe? How do you feel when you shower? How do you feel when you go to self-pleasure? And I say wipe and shower because when you're showering, you're washing yourself. The thoughts and the stories that you're holding inside of those moments, they're very quick moments. How many times? I pee like a hundred million times a day, right? Like, are you connected to what's happening, right? And then what is your relationship to the way that you feel like you smell, the way that you experience somebody else if you're at that stage of life where you're engaging in intimacy with someone else? Those are the places that you're going to start seeing what arises because I'm a, I'm a relational being. I can't see it when I'm just sitting by myself in a room. I'm like bored, right? But once you start interacting or engaging, like, oh, I'm going to go self-pleasure. Ooh, this weird story just came up. Ooh, I feel like, oh, or I'm feeling impatient or whatever those pieces are. Allow yourself to bring curiosity to those places and write them down and notice how you feel when you write them down. And then cultivate the art of inner alchemy. We have the, it's on the website. You can post it below. We can give you the little like handout thing. Um, the seven step process to just ask yourself, what's happening? What am I noticing? What does this part need? And I'll give you the answer. It needs love for all of those that get into your head and can't find the answer. The answer is it needs love. It needs togetherness. And so can you bring that in? And if you can't notice that too, Oh no, there's no love, it doesn't whatever story comes up, that's also a place that needs tending. No um hearing nothing is something. Feeling disconnected is also something. It's all as it should be right now in this moment. And I trust in the divine timing of your journey. And I trust that you will find the right guides to be with you on the journey. 
Mm. Yes. Lovely, lovely share. I think that there's such like simplicity in that too, which I feel like I always come back to at some point within my own womb healing and, and supporting women in their own womb healing as well is just the simplicity of slowing down, of listening, of getting curious, of being in relationship to our bodies and really closing down the eyes and turning our gaze inwards and not needing to externalize and find all of the answers and search all the things that we need to do on the external world, right? Our womb is so deep within our body, right? It's in the center of our pelvic bowl. And I believe that there's a reason that it's so deep within our bodies is it requires us to really turn that gaze down and in to ourselves and into our lives. And yes, just everything you shared was really, really supportive. So thank you for sharing all of that. I have a couple more questions for you. Something that I also just love about you, Naomi, and, and we kind of touched upon this a little bit in the beginning or when we were speaking about dandelion and herbal medicine was your earth-centered approach to medicine and really involving the earth and herbs and the plants and the plant spirits and the seasons and the primordial mother and earth mother and everything into your system of medicine into the way that you support your clients and the way that you support the practitioners who are training beneath you and with you. And can you please share some of the ways that we can center the earth within our own healing? Because a really big belief that has just like felt so true within my body over the last year, especially is how we can't center our own womb healing without centering Earth's, earth's healing as well. They go side by side. And yeah, I would just love if you could share a couple ways that we can involve and incorporate earth-based healing rituals and practices into our own healing journey. What I love to think about my loves is that you are of the earth. We're here on earth and we have this tendency in the new the new ager healing to like go up to mm -hmm. ascend and it's beautiful and what if we were to root to rise what if upon that ascension we need to take the lessons learned we need to take this experience of being in an earthly body with us and so that's one way to think about it, because I think some people, you know, there's some people that may be like, you know, earth rituals, that sounds like so <laughs> pagan or whatever. It is. <laughs> it's shamanic. It's pagan. It's an earth-based. Why is it earth-based? Because we live on, guess where? Earth. <laughs> right? And then, yes, we are also connected to the moon, but the earth is where we are. And inside of that earth, my favorite way to connect to earth is through the art of listening, mm. sitting at a river and just letting the river wash over your body, no matter how cold it is, even in the cold of winter in Colorado, I would still go to the river. I couldn't necessarily stand there for very long, but just long enough. But 
to where you can allow the water to move around you and connect to the element of water. Listen to the sounds that it makes. Allow nature to teach you who she is. Allow the tree, sit with the tree and notice what you notice. Listen to the whispers of the wind and hear the messages that are being shared. And notice, what do you learn from the elements? Too much water is what? Too much fire creates? Too much earth? Too much what? Like everything needs to be in a certain kind of balancing state in order for homeostasis to be there, in order for that, right? So what is fire out of control? What is fire when it's not enough? Mm sitting with a candle and just watching the flame and meditating on. I remember hearing, I'm just remembering hearing that meditation and being like, why would I stare? Like they didn't give me context to why are you staring at a flame? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, this is boring. <laughs> I have ADHD. I can get bored very quickly. So I'm like, this is boring. So then, oh, I'm connecting to the spirit of fire. And I'm asking for the fire to teach me about its medicine. Mm. And so through that, I can actually access a point of listening, but just staring at it is not for me an act of listening. Mm. So find a way of listening to nature, smell your favorite plants, notice how they make you feel, notice how the colors of nature, the um, when the clouds come in, how does it make you feel? When it's raining, just start connecting to the elements, connecting to the land where you are. Honor the indigenous people of those lands and talk to the well ancestors of those places. Make offerings. Offerings are so simple. You can do something. I have these little roses that are just ready to, to go. They're so soft. Oh my gosh. So maybe I would make an offering of this, specifically if it's organic, you wanna be careful if it's not organic to put it in the waters or anything like that. And maybe I'm just like, oh, I just love the spirit of this rose so much and I'm just gonna lay this here at the foot of the tree <sighs> and just be in gratitude for you, beautiful tree, gratitude in you for you, beautiful rose. And that's that. And the more that you do that, the more that you start to create energetic signatures of connection, energetic signatures of remembrance, of curiosity. And then there comes a place where the more that you make the offerings, the more that they'll start talking. Mm. Yes, I resonate with that so deeply. I... I live on really beautiful land in the San Diego mountains and I take the same hike every single morning and it's so wonderful to walk the same path every morning and choose to recognize and see something different every single day. And every day I choose to see something and notice something and acknowledge the beauty of nature in a, in a new form, right? Maybe it's this tree today or this shrub or this sound or this feel of the air upon my skin. And yeah, really having that deep relationship with earth and with nature is 
is so important. I was having a conversation on another podcast earlier today, and I shared with her that I feel like a lot of people are feeling disconnected from home and disconnected from their bodies because we don't have this deep connection to the mother and to land and the earth. And so everything you shared is so, so supportive for someone who is really looking to reconcile that connection and is desiring to come back into that holy union and holy relationship with the earth. It's like building a relationship with a new friend. Mm, it is. It oh, really is. Like, I can't be like, hi, Haley, we're best friends now. It's like, okay, you're going to come over. I'm going to come over and then I'm going to, we're going to like, we're getting to know each other. It's not like you're going to tell me all your secrets right away, right? There's, it's relating. It's the art of relating. And it's inside of that repetition that it becomes relating and that you feel safe and that space feels safe enough to also begin to share because for generations, the earth has been overridden. We're still overriding Hawaii we don't even recycle they're not I noticed that when I was there recently you guys don't recycle or compost we can't compost there's too many mongoose and ants and rats so if we compost it's going to attract like more of those like troublemaking little critters the um you know all the things the cockroaches and you don't want them close to your house so then there's that and then recycling so like we're still overriding the earth so much and so as you're inside of that state of listening as you're building a relationship with the earth just start connecting also to the sun the different places that the sun moves in the sky or really it's the earth moving um as the seasons change notice the phases and the moon and how you feel inside of your body notice the stars and how because we're moving planet in a wild galaxy universe here that the stars are moving at the different phases of the seasons of the year and although in hawaii we don't have the typical seasons we can still feel them here there's still like an energetic signature of them so you can play with going into the bear cave that's why we start the womb temple with like going in and working with bear medicine it's going deep deep inside of that place of hibernation because many of our wombs are hibernating mm. because they haven't been listened to mm. they haven't been tended to and they've been abused by the way that we all relate to everything so there is sort of a shh just go to sleep it's fine <laughs> it's a good coping mechanism <laughs> numbness yeah stagnation all the things yes yes earth healing is so powerful it's really supported me too and being able to reap the medicine of each season i used to just really only appreciate spring and summer and then fall and winter i was like oh the days are shorter like i can't do as much i don't like the cold and and now as the days are getting longer as we approach the spring equinox i'm like wait i really have been liking winter like i'm really enjoying just this season of rest and tending and visioning and I know that once spring comes, I'll be grateful for that season as well. But listening to the earth really supports us in living in harmony with her as well. Yes. yes. Well, my last question for you, which 
is kind of loaded. And so I don't want you to feel like you have to answer this to exhaustion because it's a big question, but I just, this came through right before we uh, jumped on zoom this evening. And I was just like, I have to ask this. And the question is, what do you really feel like would be the result or the outcome collectively if we lived from the wisdom of the womb and we resourced the womb throughout our everyday life? I feel like humankind would understand and have the embodiment of sovereignty in all of the ingredients that are needed to honor not only our sovereignty, but one another's. So really it would be the art of relating. Mm -hmm. Humanity would have the art of relating embodied in their hearts and in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And literally if we had the art of relating, if we understood how to fucking, pardon me, relate to ourselves and to each other and to our earth, in this way that is like the wise womb way it's 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 not like me telling you how to do it right it's understand just the basic understandings of how to be human and how to interact inside of this way of relating with one another and ourselves and sovereignty is an ingredient of that and there's so many ingredients inside of the art of relating right that are needed but that's what i would see so that i would see people there would be no competition mm. There would be no need for jealousy. There would be clarity. There would be an ease of boundaries and an honoring of them. Comfortability of speaking them, of sharing and honoring our sacred needs, but not in this fluffy way. Like my inner child says that I actually don't need to go to dinner. So I'm canceling on you. Like not that version of it. But it's this deep, inherent, like it would be built inside of our DNA. Mm. So that as we navigated one another, I experienced this a lot actually in my life. Now with the resonance work, like 100%. I go out into the world and we're at the Yao Valley doing a little ritual um, of offerings with Alyssa when she was here. And these tourists were like, y'all are so beautiful. Like they just, all the people walking, like, look at your smiling faces. And no one else was saying that to each other, right? I have this experience because of what I'm radiating that does draw people into being loving and bright and shiny and honoring. And that is the miracle of resonance for me in my life, because that was not the life that I had experienced before. And so I see it inside of that, like, ooh, Haley, it's not like, oh, she's offering a program just like mine and I'm so jealous and she got more people than me and she's got a house and a boyfriend and I don't, or I don't love her, well, I don't know what he is, and a dog and, you know, like, that's what we do. And so-and-so made 25,000 and then, and then the opposite also, like, you could have all of those things and then there's still these, like, weird, competitive, strange ways of relating and all of these ways of relating are creating separation. And if we were to collectively embody the divine feminine, the world would also work very differently. Mm -hmm. The divine feminine needs the masculine. We need the duality. We need the both. And inside the infrastructure of the way society functions would have to change 
in a big way, which would be also, by the way, painful. You know, Babylon falling sounded great when I was like a hippie teenager with like dreadlocks, but like also I want food to eat and water to drink mm-hmm. and like electricity. Like, whoa, man, that would suck, right? It's in Babylon falling would be, it's going to be intense or if, if that were to manifest. So the key piece that I feel like we could all begin to take forward is to learn how to relate. And it's something that most people don't value. It's the least liked post. (laughs) I think people almost think that it's like, oh, I know how to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Or I don't don't need to work on that (laughs) or whatever it is when in reality, we all have so much work to do around our art of relating. And what kept coming to mind too, just with current events in the world too, is if we all knew how to relate, there would be no war. There would be no fighting or no violence. There would be no need for it. Right Right. now, there's a need for it because we need the pushing and the pulling, just like y'all in the world need the early bird pricing and you know, you've got to sign up or else you're going to get FOMO and you're going to miss out. And that's why marketing is what it is because humanity needs the pressure. Mm-hmm. We like the guy that ignores us. We typically, we want to be like the person that's untouchable. All of that stuff is because we need, we, we actually do well with that ugh, friction, that something to push against, something to fight against, something to if we can stop needing that, then we don't need war. Right. Yeah. If we can using the person that is just like an amazing, compatible, awesome human being, and not just because they're hot, that would be a great also place to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in Hawaii, so there's a lot of, you know, that. <laughs> Yeah. And what just came through to me too, was like, we would let go of this addiction of struggle. That's something that continuously just comes up within, within my work is always feeling like we need something that we are fixing, healing, doing, trying to get better at. Like we're always in this perpetual place of like needing to always be better. And I think that there is beauty behind desiring growth and transformation and evolution and, and all of that. And when we are looking at our lives with the lens of, okay, this isn't going right and putting all of your emphasis and energy on that one thing, that's not a, that's not really a good way of orienting to life. And so I feel like the art of relating really allows us to put things in perspective as well and not, yeah, not overemphasize the struggle and the pain and allow ourselves to see the beauty as well. So down. Yes. Yes. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. I think we're all just bored also. Um, you know, (laughs) I think that's like, I'm bored. How about I sign up for like 17,000 programs and keep going on to this journey of self-discovery and I should be better because there is, that's still consumerism. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely very prevalent still so much. And yeah, it's just, it's been so lovely having this conversation and connecting with you and just really being able to receive all of your wisdom 
and your medicine. And I feel like there's literally so many more things that I feel like we could dive into. I had ten, 10 other things that I wanted to go into in this interview, just, but just for the sake of time, we, we are going to close out here in just a second. I'm curious if there is any last things that you desire to share with anyone listening where can they find you? What are you up to in this beautiful world? So there's kind of three questions in there. Um, last things and where can people find you so that they can receive more of your work, Naomi? Okay, my love. So the last beautiful poem that I'd like to share, the poetic awareness of that womb healing can't happen unless it's connected to your heart. And so we need to bring unconditional love and compassion in for ourselves and for all the fucked up that we see in our external reality that we've experienced. And it is the earth and the womb, the heart that dance together to really create the trinity, the holy trinity of healing. And so no matter what your journey is and where you are in your journey of womb healing, to just remember your heart. Remember your heart and remember to breathe into that beautiful heart and to know that your heart actually has the capacity to take it all in and to breathe out love when you are in a state of being remembered, mm. when you are connected to your higher self. And so let's take a moment and just breathe into lower belly and breathe into heart space. And exhale. <sighs> And at Wise Womb Medicine Path, we're always up to the resonance ritual. That is um, always, always, always invitation. And there's also a membership inside of that. You can join. And our Womb Temple Apprenticeship, the Wise Womb Mentorship, and the Ceremonial uh, Practitioner Training those are all kind of, those three are all intertwined. So you have to start with the womb temple to go into the wise womb mentorship, to go into the certification. And then we also have our cacao ceremonial facilitator initiation happening. So those are the main programs. And then there's always like little electives, we could call it, that you can, you can play with on, in our ritual shop. So you can visit us at wisewombmedicinepath.com and wisewomboracle on Instagram. Thank you, beloveds, for being with me. Mm, Yes, and all of those links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Naomi. This conversation has been so, so enriching to my heart, to my womb, to my soul. And I can't wait to have you on the podcast soon. I know our listeners are going to want so much more of you so thank you i love you thank you my love love you All right, lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Root Moon Collective podcast. 
It means the absolute world when you leave a rating or rate the show. So if you found value in today's conversation, please share the message, share the medicine with your community. If you want to plug into all of the magic happening in the collective, feel free to join me on Instagram at root and womb co. And you can check out all of our offerings over at the website, rootandwombcollective.com. I will see you next time.